What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Ari Marie, and you are now listening to Elephants in the Room podcast. So I took a week off because with everything going on in the world and in my personal life, sis needed to sit down somewhere and regroup. But I am back and I have a whole lot to say. Episode 7 is titled Family Dynamics, I Am My Brother's Keeper. And this episode hits different for sure. Um, Originally, I wanted to interview both of my brothers for this episode, but because of time and other factors, I wasn't able to do so. Um, My intention behind episode 7 is to bring you the perspective of what it's like being the only girl and the youngest, as well as shedding light on the Black Lives Matter movement and speak on George Floyd and other innocent lives that have been taken by the police. So here we go. For those of you who are just tuning in, a little background on me is that I am the youngest of my siblings and not only am I the youngest, I am the only girl. So y'all can only imagine what it was like growing up for me. I mentioned in my earlier episodes that I have three older brothers. One is my mother's son and the other two are my father's sons. Kevin and I are 10 years apart. Justin, who passed away in 2017, and I are four years apart. And Trey, my mother's son, is three years older than me. Trey and I grew up in the same household. Justin and I never lived together, and I didn't meet him until I was 12. Kevin and I grew up knowing each other, but our relationship really didn't blossom for real until I got older. Um, Growing up as the only girl and the baby, you guessed it. Yes, I am spoiled, and I am okay with that. Um, My brothers definitely don't play about me, and they are very protective of me, which has definitely been a blessing. Um, I'm definitely rough around the edges, so to speak, Uh, and growing up with brothers, I'm very aggressive, I'm fearless, and damn near a little boy at heart because I grew up with a brother who at one point in time was my best friend. We fought, fussed, cried, laughed, and did pretty much everything up under the sun together. So let's fast forward to present day and the dynamics of my relationships with my brothers. So I'll start with my living brothers first. Um, Trey and I were in the process of reconciling our relationship, but all of that went out the window after he listened to episode six, Breaking Generational Cursage, which honestly doesn't surprise me. In episode six, I speak on the ugly truths of my childhood, and in me doing that, I know a lot of my relatives were not going to receive that episode well, and that's okay. So my brother called me upset because he doesn't like or didn't like the fact that I spoke on our mother and her issues because people have an image to maintain, and he doesn't want people in his business, which... I definitely respect and understand. I've taken all of that into consideration with every episode that I do. With that being said, to anyone who has listened to my podcast and are offended by what they hear, I sincerely apologize if feelings are hurt 
because that is not my intention. But Elephants in the Room was created to address to address the harsh realities that people experience on the daily basis since their childhood. People love the truth and until it's something that they don't want to hear or aren't ready to hear, myself included, which is why my support system is immaculate because they are there to check me when I'm wrong. So to be clear, I will not now or ever apologize for speaking my truth. I will continue to be transparent with myself and listeners because that's what the world needs. So in trying to explain this to my brother, he was not receptive and unsistered me, so to speak, because he doesn't approve of me telling the family business. And I'm glad he said what he said because I've been meaning to touch on this for a while. The whole what happens in my house stays in my house saying that us black people live by is bullshit. And let me tell y'all why. First off, The parents and elders who teach us this don't even follow it because as soon as the kids and the family F up, they call all their friends, sister, cousins, and whoever else will listen to talk about you and what you did wrong. But as soon as they do wrong, they hit you with the, don't be going over there telling my business to so-and-so. I don't know about y'all, but to me, that's some real hypocritical shit. Number two, all those traumas and negative experiences that we don't talk about for years is unhealthy. And by not talking about them and addressing those elephants, you cannot heal and become whole again. So black people, listen to me when I say this. Do not be afraid to speak on anything you've been through, good or bad, so that you can deal with it and move on for the better. So to my brother, if you are listening, I still love you. And I do understand that where you are in your journey is different from me. So you might not be as receptive to what I'm doing. And once again, that is okay. But just know that all I could ever be is me. And I will be just that unapologetically. Now, on to my oldest boy. Kevin is my father's son and my twin. Uh, We didn't grow up in the same household, but I always knew who he was and spent time with him whenever I would go visit our grandparents. Now, one thing I previously complimented my brother on was the fact that as a father, he's made sure that all his kids know each other and grow up together. And I have so much love and respect for him because of that. Because we didn't grow up as close because my mother didn't bring me around that side of the family all the time, which I definitely understand, you know, to a certain extent. Uh, Me and Kevin are super tight currently, and I am beyond grateful for our relationship because it wasn't always like this. Tragedy has definitely brought us closer. Um, And 2017 was literally the worst year of our lives. But for me, 
I can say I learned a lot from that year, which got me to where I am today. So 2017 was a very tragic year um, for my brothers and I, uh, especially Kevin and I. Um, like I said, March 2017, uh, we lost Justin. Now, I don't know if, for you guys who have not um, listened to my earlier episodes, Trevon and Justin were actually closer than me and Justin. Honestly speaking, they hung out more. They talked, you know, they're around the same age. Um, I honestly don't remember the last time I, I seen Justin before passing, which makes his death all that much harder for me. Um, but okay, so March 2017, I found out on Facebook that my brother is dead. Um, and from what I am seeing on Facebook and the information that I am getting, it was told to me that my brother committed suicide. Well, we gonna get into that, um, a little bit later, but yeah, no, that's not it. But anyways, so when I found out about my brother, um, like I said, I was actually on a date, found out on Facebook, went home the next day. Uh, Trevon and my mother called me and uh, my brother Trey was very upset Um, and it was weird because I actually wasn't even speaking I don't think I was speaking to my mom or my brother for real during that time because just the dynamics of our um, relationships and shit like that so I'm not really in the best place with my brother and my mother and then my oldest brother who biologically is related to Justin, is locked up. So now I have a dilemma. Do I go tell my brother that our brother is dead? Of course I fucking do, because he deserves to know. And despite people around me, no, don't tell him, da-da-da-da, like, nah, bruh. I'm telling him, period, because if I was in his position, I would want to know I don't care. But, um, like I said, that day, me going there and sitting and waiting to be called back to even see him was a moment I'll never forget. It's still indescribable. Like, I really can't put into words how I felt, but I'll never forget it. And so when I get called back to go see him, it's like, we're real life siblings and even though we didn't grow up in the same house like that's really my twin because he just knew um i i personally don't really believe in visiting people in jail for real because it's just like i feel like if you want to have a relationship with me um do right so that i don't have to come visit you you know and talk to you between the glass but um in this situation of course you know, I went to go see my brother and tell him. And so my brother knew something was up when he looked at me. And I remember telling him and I remember crying. And I remember him just telling me not to cry and him just honestly being speechless. Um, And that moment for me was just very emotional. Um very traumatic because 
one, I was very disappointed and upset the fact that I had to tell my brother through glass. Um, I was upset that I could not cry in my brother's arms. I could not touch him. Um, I was upset that my brother being locked up was not able to properly grieve because when you locked up, you can't really be yourself because you got to deal with all these other people in here. You know what I'm saying? So that was definitely a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, even now, just talking about it, um, I'm getting emotional because it it was just a lot. And I feel like people around me, um, relatives especially, don't know or even understand or try to understand how difficult that was for me to be the baby, to be the only girl, to have to grow up. I mean, I was grown, but to really put my grown woman panties on and go tell my brother this terrible news. Man, I promise y'all, I wish I could describe to y'all, the, but it, once again, indescribable. So that was the beginning of the tragedy. Um, I'll get into Justin's death a little bit later. And then you fast forward to June, where we lose both of our grandparents. Now, a week and a half before our grandparents were murdered, Kevin lost his mother a week and a half before. So you got March 2017, we lose a brother, right? You go to June and... My brother loses a parent. Then a week and a half later, he loses his grandparents, which in reality are his parents because they raised him. So just the just just the timeline, y'all. March 2017, June 2017, three losses in one month. Three months before a tragic ass loss. Like, bruh, 2017 was so, so wild. But after losing Justin, um, I made a promise to myself that I was going to do everything in my power to follow my dreams and do what I want and make my brother proud. Justin was an actor and he was a model and he was very talented. Um, He has appearances in the originals, um, the show The Game, I believe Vampire Diaries, um, and other things. And so me being a creative, um, I definitely said I was going to follow in my brother's footsteps and finish what he started. Uh, 
I am my brother's keeper. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Even my brother who is not speaking to me currently. I am my brother's keeper. My oldest boy. I am my brother's keeper. Like, it's it's different. It, it really hits different. So, again, we lost Justin in March. We lose our grandparents and Kevin loses his mother all within a couple of weeks, you know, span. That's heavy. Very, very heavy. But with that being said, when I lost Justin, I said that I was going to make sure that I solidify and strengthen the relationships with my two living brothers. Well, uh, Trey and I work in progress, really not a work in progress um, at the moment, uh, which is okay, but I do have success with Kevin. So like I said, before my grandparents passed, I was going to see my brother, you know, every other week and talking to him because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Not only was that's what I was supposed to do, what I wanted to do. Um, like I said, I don't I don't mess with jails and any of that. But in these circumstances, it was like, okay, it's bigger than you. So go see your brother. Go talk to your brother. Make sure he's okay. Um, so that's exactly what I did. And once Kevin came home um, right before our grandparents' funeral, I was so happy. Yes, I was broken, but I was happy because I had my twin with me. Um, Y'all, planning a funeral for two people at the same damn time? I don't wish that on nobody. But what I will say is my brother was by my side and I was by his side every step of the way. And I don't know what I would have done if I did not have my brother with me. So I talked about that. um, And after my grandparents or our grandparents' funeral, um, I had the opportunity to move. And in doing that, and with that opportunity, I definitely took advantage of it. And I felt so bad for leaving my brother after all the tragedy that we had experienced. I really did. And our auntie was like, no, you got to stay. Your brother just got here. You know, he just got back home. This, that, and the third. And, you know, it was just, I was conflicted. Literally, every day. Like I said, I cried every day. Multiple times a day until I moved. Because I just did not know if I was making the right decision. I felt guilty. Like I said, I just felt bad because I'm like, man, I got to go. Like, like I really have to get up out of here before I lose my mind. Like, well, I was already losing my mind, y'all. I was out here a while and, like, fighting, like, blacking out, just 
just really like angry and upset and and frustrated like and so that's why I tell y'all that the reason why I talk about this now and have been talking about it is because when you don't and you bottle all of that up it comes out and nine times out of ten it comes out in negative ways like I said I was smoking heavy I was drinking heavy I was ready to tee up super quick like pop off with anybody who was you know on that and that's not healthy at all I could have hurt myself I could have put myself in a hospital you know it could have just turned out bad but luckily because of God and the people in my life, you know, I quickly, you know, started to to transition and switch gears. So I will say me moving to Atlanta was a great, the best decision, honestly, that I've ever made for myself. Because with being the strong one and with me just being who I am, I would always kind of take care of everybody else and consider everybody else's thoughts, feelings, and all of that stuff before mine or theirs would outweigh mine. But the first time I decided to do something for me and I chose me, literally best decision of my life because that was the beginning of my self-love, my self-care journey in 2017. So... With that being said, guys, I know we are living in a very rough time right now, but just have hope that positive and something good is going to come from it. And this is coming from body, coming from someone speaking from existence. Y'all, I lost so much in 2017. Had my heart broke multiple times and not by necessarily a person but by situations and fast forward three years later I am healing I'm not whole just yet but baby it's coming and I am healing because I'm not afraid to speak about it I'm not afraid to be emotional anymore I'm not afraid period And I let y'all hear these emotions and me cry because I'm human. And I want y'all to know that it is okay with being human. So with all of that, I definitely want to talk and speak on what's going on currently in current events. So, today is June 5th, year 2020, and my people, meaning black people, are fighting a war, a race war, and the same war that our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents have been fighting for. And when I tell y'all I am disgusted, oh, I'm disgusted. After the murder of George Floyd by 
a man who is supposed to be a cop y'all another hashtag another say his name another justice for this person enough is enough i am loving What I'm seeing as far as the black community all over, and not just the black community. We definitely have other supporters, but us coming together to protest and fight for what is right, I love to see it. Now, I hate to see that I'm 25 years young and I'm out here marching and protesting for shit. Dr. Martin Luther King protested for and Malcolm X and the same things that they were killed for. Now, I see it happening with my own eyes. What type of shit is that? And you got people around here against Black Lives Matter? And against us peacefully protesting because our people are being murdered every day by people who are supposed to serve and protect us. Are you serious right now? Are you really serious? Like, y'all, this shit is sick. And excuse my language because I'm really trying to refrain from cursing so much on my podcast, but what the fuck? Like, honestly and truly, how am I supposed to feel? How are we supposed to feel about seeing history currently repeat itself and justice not being served? There are so many names that I can list And I still wouldn't be done. And I would still be forgetting another black life who was murdered by a police. A pig who's afraid of us and they fear for us. And don't, please y'all, please refrain from that whole, well, black people kill black people. First of all, every race kills their own race. But the difference between black people and black on black violence is that they arrest our black asses when we kill each other. But they not out here arresting these goddamn officers for killing us. And let me tell y'all why I'm so upset and why this hits completely different for me. One, I've always been a Black Lives Matter activist. I've always spoken up on what was right and what was not right, what was fair and unfair. Hence me doing Being Black in America for episode three, which is just ironic because I did Being Black in America for episode three. For episode of Making of the Man, we had just lost two other innocent black men. And I asked my uncle about it, and I believe I asked my best friend about it. And now, a couple weeks later, here I am talking about George Floyd and how I want justice for him and how I want justice for Breonna Taylor and justice for all those other innocent lives that were taken by these scary ass racist ass cops. Bro, this shit is so sick. Like I really just, 
I have so much to say that I can't even say it. But specifically, me and baby girl, my little sis, um, were out riding around in the communities the other day because um, in Chicago, there was rioting and looting. And let me let me make shit clear for y'all. First of all, for those of you who are frowning and looking down upon us and my generation for looting and rioting and this, that, and the third, y'all, we've been peacefully protesting for I don't know how long. And they ain't hearing us. So we got to make them hear us. I do not agree with everything that's going on. But at the end of the day, we're at war. And what people fail to realize is war, there will be casualties. One of my favorite lines from uh, a Drake song is, all is fair in love and war, casualties expected. So yes, those ignorant folks that went and looted and our own communities, they don't know no better. But let's teach them. How about we do that? How about we stop criticizing and saying what people are doing wrong? Let's find more solutions instead of talking bad. Because at the end of the day, nobody knows everything. But what I will say for me personally, I feel so differently And I feel very strongly away about what's going on, which is why I have been in my community giving back and making sure I support black businesses and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because it is so important for us to come together. Because we're not outnumbered, baby. It's a lot of us here. The problem is, is that we too busy talking about one another and talking about all this negative stuff that we can't see the bigger picture. And that's what we need to overcome. But for me, this hits different because as a black sister to brothers, I am scared. I am nervous. I am worried because my brothers... And not only my brothers, me, I could be a hashtag any day because the police fear for their life, which is some bullshit. But it hit different, y'all. I got two older brothers, two black ass brothers, okay? One that's been in in and out of the system. So he already got a target on his back. One that's black, dark, hella melanated handsome, intelligent, who, if the police want to, can get on dirt with him any given moment. And just like that, I could be short another brother. When three years ago, I just lost a brother. And remember I said we was going to get into that? Well, now it's time. So, guys, it was told to me that my brother committed suicide. Now, I'm going to just flat out say it. That's bullshit, okay? I mentioned in episode two, my brother's body was set on fire, y'all. Burned alive, okay? Not dead, 
burned alive. When they took my brother to the hospital, the firefighter that was in the ambulance with him said that he was fighting for his life. So I just want y'all to put yourself in my shoes. 2017, how old was I? 22? Maybe? I'm not sure. I don't feel like doing the math, y'all. I ain't even gonna lie. But 2017, I'm 22 years old. And I found out my brother is dead on Facebook. Then I'm slowly getting details and, oh, he committed suicide. Y'all tell me. Please somebody tell me how common it is for a person who wants to kill themselves to burn themselves alive. Now, I'm not saying that it's never happened, but what I'm saying is my brother didn't do that shit. And I know for a fact that that is a lie. I don't care. Who said it? Ain't no way in hell somebody finna tell me my brother poured gasoline on himself and set himself on fire and set himself on fire, bro. There's no way in hell I will ever believe that. Now, this is why. When my sister-in-law called me. And told me my grandparents was stabbed to death. When she said that, y'all, I didn't question it. Because I knew in my heart it was true. Because I had that feeling. People always say when you know, you know. That shit is true. So when I was told that my brother committed suicide. And his body was burned alive, bro. Nah, baby, that ain't it. Y'all got to come up with something better. Please, make that shit sound believable because I know my brother did not do that. He was happy. And I know that I people can appear to be happy and all of that because my sophomore year of high school, I lost a friend to suicide. So I definitely know what it's like. And with that being said, I have experienced losing somebody from from suicide. My friend in high school hung himself. You're not going to tell me that my brother committed suicide and the way he decided to go out this world was burning himself alive, bro. Go, You could go tell that to somebody else. So I really don't speak on it because... What do you say? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what, what do I say besides the fact that I know he didn't burn himself alive? So for me, with everything going on in this world, sis is tired. Sis is hurting. This shit is heavy. Okay? Heavy. I don't know who hurt my brother. I really don't. But I know my brother didn't hurt himself. And so for me, my brother's death, I still have not dealt with. 
and seeing these pictures and hearing these stories of black innocent lives being taken, y'all. This shit is so different. So different. The fact that I don't remember the last time I seen Justin. A funeral is supposed to be a home going. There was no body. Why? Because my brother had to be cremated. Why? Because my brother's body was burned alive. Now, I know that this is heavy for me and that on some of y'all ears that it's hard to take in. But like I said, sometimes the truth is ugly. And I got a lot of ugly truths. And I'm going to continue to share these ugly truths with y'all so that y'all don't feel bad about your own ugly truths. And so that you guys know that just, just like you going through it, other people have been through it and have overcame. And like I said, I, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I have not really dealt with Justin's death. And I am challenging myself to deal with it, especially with everything that's going on in the world today pertaining to black people, black men and black women. It's just different. It it really is. But um, with that, I know that this was heavy and we're already dealing with heavy things personally and universally with this movement and these protests and just our people getting killed innocently by pigs who are supposed to serve and protect. Like, we're angry. We tired. We're pissed. Fuck that peaceful shit now. We tried that. Now, now we need to do something to get y'all attention. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I love me some MLK. But, um, I'm just let y'all know we not our ancestors. And majority of the people I know, we're more of um many Malcolm X's. So with that being said, Ariane gonna ride for hers. And that's that on that. Um after all that heavy stuff, guys, I definitely do want to end uh elephants on a positive note. Um, So with everything that's been going on, me personally dealing with my own stuff and just seeing what's going on in the world, um, I definitely have to stay close to God. Um, This is the time where if you are not right with him, then I suggest you get right. And so when I have a bad day, when I wake up and I'm not feeling well, I make sure I feed my mind, my body, soul, and spirit with positivity. So um, let me drop these gems and some of the notes that I have taken from the sermons and things that I have watched while, um, you know, healing. So ways to help and be involved. Number one, vote. Regardless of what you were taught to believe, our vote counts. I understand that we don't have the best selection of candidates, but we're not just voting for ourselves. We're voting for our future children, nieces, nephews, and it starts with us. Number two, you can donate or give back to communities. 
Three, support black businesses. You guys, I cannot stress this enough, but we need to continue and go harder with supporting one another. That is one of the number one ways that we can succeed. Y'all can go spend y'all money with the Arabs. Y'all go spend y'all money with Chinese people, but don't want to spend your money with your own people. Now, granted, I do understand that, you know, as black people, we do need to do better with professionalism and customer service and all of that. But that's something that we can work on. So again, support black businesses. Number four, protest. You can sign petitions if you don't want to go out there and march and be involved. There are ways to help. Last but not least, educate. Educate yourselves and the people around you. If you hear ignorance, correct it with the facts, but do not argue or criticize the next person. We will never progress by um, tearing each other down. I keep saying that there are power and numbers, and we are not outnumbered. And don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. So the two sermons I watched that kept me together were Make Up Your Mind by Sarah Jakes Roberts and from the Next Is Now series, It's On Me, came from New Life Southeast. So my girl, Mrs. Roberts, speaks on Colossians verse 3, chapter 2. Set your mind on the things above, not on things on the earth. And I think that that verse is very relevant right now. What's happening in 2020 with the pandemic and the war on race is a prime example of why we need to be looking at the bigger picture. She also says that the only way God can build you up for the next level is by exposing the cracks in your foundation. And he is doing exactly that. So please pay attention to everything around us, guys. It is so important. And these next gems come from Pastor Jamon Glenn. And my God, does he really speak to me with this word. Um, I truly enjoy when he preaches and his delivery is impeccable. Um, He reminds us that faith often begins in frustration. So we need to learn to live beyond the limitations others have placed on us. And what you say to yourself is more important than what people say to you or about you. And he really breaks it down for y'all. So make sure y'all are listening. Watch your thoughts. Because your thoughts become words, and your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits, and your habits become your character, and your character becomes your destiny. Let me just read that to y'all one more time, because when he broke that down, it all made sense. Watch your thoughts. Why? Because your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions and your actions become your habits. Your habits then become your character. 
and your character becomes your destiny. Y'all. Y'all. Is y'all listening? Man. Man. So, he asked the question also, how do you become new and whole again? And he got my attention because that is my goal. My goal is to continue to heal and to become whole. And y'all, it is the best feeling ever. Like, I promise y'all, I am the happiest that I've ever been in four years. And can't nobody take this away from me. And I want everybody around me and just my people to get this feeling and to get to where I am and to know that if you not if you are not where I am, that you can be well on your way and that no matter what you've been through, you can overcome it. So the question, how do you become new and whole again? And the answer is by the renewing of your mind. So I'm going to leave y'all with that. Um, Before I go, please make sure to follow Elephants in the Room on Instagram at underscore Elephants in the Room to find out how to win a prize as a token of appreciation for me reaching over 500 plays. I truly, truly appreciate all y'all, the love and the support. Y'all really keep me going. Um, There will be five winners, so make sure you guys follow me. Um, You guys have a... Great day, and I love y'all. Goodbye.